You're listening to Sibling Talk, commentary from a progressive point of view. Now here are your hosts, John Paulette and Mary Jo Tumer. Hello, I'm John Paulette. And I'm Mary Jo Tumer. Mary Jo, it's happened again. Another awful tragedy, this one in Boulder, uh, Colorado. I think it was 10 people killed once again an assault weapon, and once again, uh, Senator Ted Cruz is outraged. The Democrats are just going to use this as theater, the the heartless uh, uh, Democrats, to try and do what they've always wanted to do, take away all of your guns. And Senator John Kennedy of Louisiana, he just, all of a sudden, he sounded like Will Rogers to me. He was so (laughs) homespun, and he said... You know, why don't we worry about some things like drunk driving? He's apparently missed the decades and decades of mothers against drunk driving. All this is going on. Uh, Joe Biden, I thought, uh, made a good, firm statement and called for the reinstatement of the assault weapon uh, ban, which he had been a part of and went on for, for 10 years. You know, I've got another solution, and people are going to think I'm being flippant about this. I'm not. I'm absolutely serious. I think it is time to simply repeal the Second Amendment. If that's the reason why we have to continue to have mass shootings in this country, because the Constitution requires it, well, we've repealed amendments before. We did it with prohibition. We've put new amendments in. There is no need for the people of this country to freely own any weapon that they want to, AK, whatever the numbers uh, are to this. And if that's the thing that's keeping in place, then let's get it together and get rid of that amendment. What do you think? That is a radical proposal and would replace abortion as the galvanizing issue on the right that i mean our entire politics would be owned by the repeal of the second amendment but it's it's you know there's a logic to it because it's the second amendment and the heller decision that is really um stopping states from getting control of the gun issue even if they want to so that's not a bad idea. But, you know, in his own weird, homey way, Senator Kennedy was right. A great model is drunk driving. I mean, you, John, think about from the time we were kids, we were young adults, to now. And drunk driving is a very one-off kind of thing now. And when somebody gets picked up on a DUI, what do you say? Wow, they have a drinking problem. Which yeah. Before people would drive drunk. I mean, it was just the penalties weren't high. There wasn't, I don't want to say it wasn't a big deal and bad stuff happened all the time, but we accepted it in the same way that we accept gun violence. But if you did to with guns what we've done with driving and said you have to have, you have to be licensed, you move to another state, you need to be licensed again, you have to take a test. And if you mess up, you lose your privileges. Well, and you're right that 
it was not so highly considered. There's been a cultural change. Do you remember one of the phrases people used all the time was, hey, how about one for the road? I, I know you... <laughs> Right. I know you think you've had enough. Hey, come on. One for the road there. Hey, you you want me you want me to pack up a couple of beers for you to drink on the way home? Is <laughs> is that is that like a thing for you in in some way? It absolutely was part of it. I think you're right. I think Senator Kennedy has the model. I mean, let's raise the question. Should I be allowed if I want to to go out and buy a surplus military tank? and drive it down the street because that's what I want to drive. What the heck? No, we don't allow that kind of kind of thing to happen. So why is it that I should be allowed to have what is a military weapon and take that out? Of course it ought to be restricted, banned, certainly licensed. And I'm going to confess uh, up front, and many people suspect anyway, I have never fired a gun. Like in my whole life, you yeah. and I did did not come from a gun family, and and I'm willing to admit, and I mean I have friends who fall within this, who came from a, a different family experience. They came from a hunting uh, experience, but I don't know why someone who enjoyed hunting in a way I don't understand feels a need to have assault weapons. I, frankly, I don't even understand handguns uh, around the home. And maybe maybe there's rationales that I don't get. But at a minimum, it would seem to me that even hunters, if there's a place you go hunting, then you like own a rifle or you rent it. Why don't you keep it in a box there at the hunting place and you go and unlock it and then go kill Bambi? But I think most hunters, and they say even most NRA members, do not support the sale of uh, assault rifles, whoever you're going to call them. Um, you know, because it's not like you're not going to use one of those guns to kill a deer because you'll shred them. Like one of the things I've been thinking is, and I know this is really gruesome, but they should release photos of what those guns do to people. It's not like on TV where you take a shot in the middle of your forehead and you drop dead. No, they will shred body parts. I remember reading um, an article in the New Yorker, actually it was, after Newtown. And, you know, when all those little babies were killed. And they said that the, the folks that had to go in there, the first responders, were so traumatized because basically what they saw were all those babies' bodies shredded because that's what those guns do. And um, I wonder if people actually saw the carnage created probably in that grocery store, right, where they'll, like, rip arms off, rip a head off. If people saw that and they were like, wow, why would anyone need to own that? There's only one purpose to having that gun which is to kill people. There's nothing else, no other reason to own it. Even the military, I don't know if you heard this yesterday, when that gun was first, I think it's a Smith & Wesson gun, and when it was first introduced to the military, they had second thoughts about it because it's a kill weapon. In other words, you don't shoot someone in the leg with that and then take them as a prisoner. 
If you're going to shoot them with that, they're going to be dead. And the military, for, for military reason, wasn't sure that was the best use of their weaponry. So that being the case, what could be the justification? And this dude bought that gun six days before the shooting. There's no doubt what that guy had in mind. Now, whether he had picked his targets and and where it was going to be, you know, who knows? Um but what would be what was the purpose of allowing someone, anyone, to buy that kind of weapon? I mean, we have this discussion again and again and again. It's why we get cynical. Most Americans agree those weapons should not be sold. Most agree, Americans believe there should be background checks. And yet the United States Senate refuses to act to protect us. I just don't understand it, John. I don't understand the Senate. I don't understand what the purpose of the, of that body is anymore. Well, and, you know, we used to say, well, the, the money of the NRA uh, influenced these senators a lot, which I think it did. Uh, that's not quite true now. The NRA has uh, disintegrated. But the uh, pro-gun voter, the person who turns out to the primary is a single issue voter and they will come out. And if Senator John Kennedy suddenly had an epiphany and he lost that fake Southern accent and went back to his days in Oxford uh, in, in England, I'm sorry, am I being real snarky about the a Senator? A little bit, a little bit, a little bit. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, and tried to stand up and say, Something simple. All he'd have to do is stand up and say, yeah, I support background checks. He would have a primary challenge the next day. Somebody would come out and the gun voters of Louisiana would come for them. So so we have this perversity in our governing system in the Senate that these kind of single voters can keep a nation that wants some sense and sensibility uh, to our gun laws and our gun regulation that keeps us from doing that. And so the, there is just something wrong there. So there are two interesting points to that, which is, yes, for example, Cruz or Kennedy, they would have a primary challenge, but they would have a wacky primary challenge that may not be able to beat even a Democrat. And so if you're Mitch McConnell and the Republican who runs the Republican Senate, you're like, I got to keep these normal guys in these spots, you know, running Kennedy, Cruz, whatever. Otherwise, we lose to these whack jobs when as, as the opinion of the, of the country shifts toward um, more reasonable uh, gun regulations. The other thing is, is at this point in the United, and we've talked about the Senate on and off over the last year, but um, the we are now being run by a minority. So a minority in the Senate is managing policy for the rest of the country against the will of the people. This cannot be the way the founders thought about how this country would be run. 
So we have talked and we will continue to talk about the filibuster because there has to be a change to allow the majority, which right now is the Democrats. And if the Democrats lose at some point and, and the filibuster comes back to bite them, so be it. You have to win on your policies, on your arguments that you make, not by maintaining minority control which is what's happening in the Senate right now. So Mitch McConnell may not be in charge of the Senate, but that guy in his own way has got us by the, you know what, that's on voting rights. That's on gun, on um, gun reform. That's on a whole host of issues. And I think that needs to change. And I think right now you're starting to see the impetus to change voting rights. The interesting thing about voting rights you're starting to hear this chorus that's saying voting rights is so essential to who we are as a democracy that it cannot be held hostage by the filibuster. And I agree with that. Just me. I, I, I agree with it as well. And I, I mean, I think there are two arguments there for the Democrats, which actually bear some relationship to, um, to the gun control issue as well. For the Democrats on voting rights, I mean, there's a there's a pure ethical justice question. The country is founded on voting. Common sense says getting more people to vote is good. The people uh, will will run this country, will have their voice heard. That's common sense. I mean, there's also the fact for Democrats that if you give away vi- voting rights, you increasingly give the Republicans the ability to govern as a minority, which is what they've done with gerrymander and and other things. I think that applies into gun rights as, as well. We cannot afford as a society, as human beings, to allow a very, very small group of people fueled by the gun industry, which we know that was the money that was going into the NRA. And frankly, that money hasn't gone away. That's still getting its way into campaigns. We cannot allow Smith and Wesson and other gun manufacturers to determine whether or not we're going to allow 10 people to be killed in in a supermarket. We just can't do it. We just can't do it. And I think that's where the Democrats and all people of, of goodwill and clear thinking have, need to assert themselves. Yeah, it was interesting. You know, uh, Joe Nagoose, who was uh, one of the uh, impeachment managers, and that's his district in Boulder. And I heard him yesterday saying that grocery stores were one of the only safe spaces over the last year in a place we went for community. And now even that's been taken away from us. So there is nowhere in the United States of America that a person can go and feel safe from gun violence, random gun violence. And, you know, the chances of that happening to you are, you know, small, uh, you know, in big picture in the ways that people die. But it's not the point. It's that next time you walk into a grocery store, you will check out what the exits are, where the employee entrance is. You know, I mean, what else do we have to do as Americans 
to take back, you know, they should say take back the streets to women, you know, to take back the places that we live so that we can feel safe. I mean, I'm so cynical about guns, though, and, and gun restrictions. It's like, that's just a part of living in the United States. You go to the mall, you get killed. And, oh, you know, you know I'm like so um, snarky as to say that to people I know who own guns. And they're like, don't you feel unsafe? Because I live in, um, you know, an inner ring suburb, so kind of urban. And don't you feel unsafe? I'm like, no, I feel more unsafe when I'm out in the hinterlands. <laughs> yeah, ab- abso- but, absolutely. But the, the point being, there is no safe place. So No, there I isn't. Know. And, I, you know, everybody uh, during the time Obama was president, one thing we heard all the time was uh, Barack Obama is going to try and take your guns away. I want to tell them Barack Obama did not take your guns away. But you give John Paulette a chance, and he'll damn well take all your guns away. So how about well, that? Huh? He'll never be president. But so no, sad. yeah, yeah. We, given some of the colorful events of my past life, we kind of knew that already. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Sibling Talk is a JMP production. Theme song by David Paulette.